0: problem is, is that most serums are built for management. They're not built for you, the salesperson, and that's why nobody uses them, because they're a pain in the butt to use, and you have to work for them. The five apps of life that help you to connect to other human beings. Family, friend, food, fun, and fellowship.
1: Welcome to the Making a Marketer podcast the show for all levels of experience with the best guests in the industry. Now, more than ever, it's important to keep up on the latest marketing trends and topics, and this is just the spot. Get ready to learn and laugh with your hosts, Megan Powers with Powers of Marketing and Jen Cole with Now Marketing Group. Here we go. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 68 of the Making a Marketer podcast. I'm Megan Powers with Powers of Marketing. This is a fun week, and you'll learn why for many reasons, because of our guest, because of where I am in the moment, because of where my co-host Jen Cole is in life. Hi, Jen Cole. How are you?
2: (laughs) Oh, Megan, I'm doing so wonderful right now.
1: All right. So the show today is sponsored by Jen's company that she is launching this week. Tell us about it.
2: Yeah, we are launching XStand. It's a bamboo standing desk company that is fully mobile. It's compiled of two pieces of bamboo that we oil and, and assemble to where it comes together, folds together into the perfect standing desk for working from everywhere and, and it can and fit it in your it, backpack yes we are we are launching it in a brand new size today that will fit in your backpack
1: yes. and you can sticker it up see I have got yes. this stack of stickers <laughs> that I haven't put on my laptop yet because my mac is still in pretty good shape and so I am saving <laughs> for my When I get back in the country, (laughs) I'm going to order my X Stan. And that's the other news is that I'm currently, uh, we're recording this on Wednesday, October 21st. And I am in Croatia. I got here on Saturday and I'm here for about a month. I'm calling it my escape to Europe. Basically, I just tired of being grounded for like seven months. And so I just wanted to go work somewhere else. So here I am. I think it's amazing,
0: Megan, I that you did that. I'm shocked they let you in. It's like, actually they actually let
1: us in. Croatia likes Americans. They have We have a good relationship with them. And I would have picked it anyway. But that was definitely a deciding factor when I was trying to figure out. I wanted to RV across the country, but that was cost prohibitive because everyone's yeah. doing that because travel is so hard right now. But now I want to let our listeners know who that mystery voice was. So our guest today is John Ferrara. He is the... CEO and founder of Nimble. And our topic today is essential social selling using CRM. Hey, John, how's it going?
0: It's going great, Megan. It's it's great to be here with you guys. I really learned when I have these conversations and I appreciate the opportunity to share a little bit of wisdom because I think that we're really here on this planet to pay others forward. And so any opportunity I have to have a conversation and drop a little knowledge is a really great day for me.
1: I love it. Yeah. And I always say that part of The reason why I have this podcast is because I want to learn (laughs) from the best people in the industry. (laughs) And actually CRM is something that we have not talked about before. So it was perfect, the opportunity to have you on. I'm going to read your bio here. CEO and founder at Nimble for the last 12 years. Nimble is the award-winning social sales and marketing CRM for individuals and teams. Every day, people use it to successfully nurture their personal and business relationships across email and social networks such as Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Ranked, ranked number one in overall satisfaction by G2, CrowdFied consecutive times. Five consecutive times, Nimble combines the strengths of traditional CRM, classic contact management, social media, sales intelligence, and marketing automation to a powerful social selling solution that delivers relationship insights everywhere you work, including a whole bunch of places that you are integrated with. And I wanted to quickly mention for those who are listening who don't know what CRM stands for, I want to say it's a customer relationship management tool, and that this is not a commercial for Nimble necessarily. However, obviously, he is the man. He knows all about it. And this is not his first rodeo. And we'll get into that later on. We don't want to spoil the surprise with questions later on. But he's been in this space for quite a long time. So we are super excited to have you with us here today. Jen, you want to kick us off?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I am really, really excited to learn about your perspective on CRM. It's such an important thing, you know, for clients and, and the, the relationship piece of it is so key. And so why don't we just go ahead and get started with ask? I want to know what exactly is social selling to you, John? Well,
0: I think that life is social. Business is social. Yeah. People buy from people that like, know, and trust. And in the old days, when you went into somebody's office, I used to teach my salespeople look at their walls, look at the books they read, the degree of the school they went to, the knickknacks they collect. And I told them to do that in order to find areas of commonality, because it's the five F's of life that help you to connect to other human beings family, friend, food, fun, and fellowship. And these are the things that we connect on in order to build intimacy and trust and get people to open up to us. About about their business issues, which as a professional we can then solve, today we're doing electronically and it's just too much work. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't business issues that you need to be concerned about in the process of selling, but ultimately you don't start a a business conversation, you don't start a business conversation Mm -hmm. by saying, did you sign my contract, right? You start a business conversation, I say, hey, how's the weather? You know, have you ever been sailing in Croatia? Oh, Wow, You, you know, it's, it's like connecting and just sort of warming things up. And I think that social media gives us that opportunity. And it's your job to prepare before you ever engage with another human being. You should know who they are, what their business is about, and a little bit about them, because ultimately that enables you to spend more time listening to learn and finding ways to add value. So social selling is essentially, for me, going back 100 years to that small village that we all came from, where everybody knew each other and your reputation was built on the promises you make and the experience that you deliver. Today, social media is transforming this wide world into a small village again. I
2: love that. That's a great way to put that. Yeah,
1: for Thanks. sure. Awesome. Uh, I just rambled. <laughs> yeah, No, this is perfect.
2: <laughs> I found um, value.
1: <laughs> so I worked in sales. I, I ended up in sales on accident, which I think a lot of salespeople say. And it was really always like very hard to get adoption into using a CRM. As we know, you know, garbage in, garbage out, right? If you're not using it properly, then... What's the point? And especially when you're working across teams and potentially selling with the same people and all that. So it's like a challenge all this time, right? So what do you think makes a team more likely to use a CRM?
0: Well, let me start out by saying that there's 225 million global businesses, less than 1% use any CRM. No, oh really? Most people's CRM is their inbox or spreadsheet or social. And the reason is, is because you work for it, it doesn't work for you and you have to go to it to use it. The reason they call it Salesforce, you have to force salespeople to use it. Nobody in their right mind would use a CRM if they weren't beat on to do it. And I know because I actually invented CRM before it existed. So my prior company, Goldmine, was conduct management and CRM before Outlook or Salesforce existed. Now. That's kind of weird to think about that Outlook didn't exist when I built Goldmine. But Goldmine was the first tool that integrated email, contact calendar, and sales and market automation for a team. Now, back then, we didn't call it CRM. We called it contact management. And really, that's the heart of any CRM is contacts and relationships. And the reason why salespeople don't like the CRM and the biggest cause of failure of CRM is lack of use in the second's bad data. Lack of use is because you have to beat them to do it. And even if they did do it, the data decays after they type it in. And so I believe that your CRM shouldn't work for you, that that you shouldn't work for the CRM, it should work for you by building itself, and then work for you, with you, wherever you work. Because we live in inbox and we live in social. And so your CRM should automatically build records for you. So you don't have to Google them, you nimble them. And it will automatically give you who they are, where they're from, where they work, what they're influential in, who they're connected to, and then enable you to engage with them wherever you're connecting. Because relationships start organically anywhere right it can start in a twitter conversation it could start in a facebook instagram it can start on the phone and in person but if you're doing it right you want to take that touch and move it into a relationship and i say relationship r-e-a-l capital real relationship and crm systems aren't about relationships they're about reporting so the whole thing that killed crms or conduct management is when siebel came out and then salesforce came out and they basically built CRMs for management as opposed to the customer-facing business team member. So if I'm a customer-facing business team member, I have certain needs. That's more SFA, Salesforce Automation Contact Management. CRM is the whole flow of leads and hoarding and workflow automation and that's what management's concerned about. I think a good CRM needs to do both. It needs to serve that person engaging, but it also needs to give management the ability to keep their finger on the pulse of business. The problem is, is that most CRMs are built for management. They're not built for you, the salesperson. And that's why nobody uses them because they're a pain in the butt to use and you have to work for them.
1: Right. Oh, Jen did a little Bella just go off for you. Cause I was just saying her because she yeah. said, she's getting so many DMs about this yeah. product launch. And I said, well, you should be asking for their email. But if she's using Nimble, then, then there should be a more a seamless way to accomplish that. I was, I
2: was totally just about to say that, like Uh there, all these light bulbs are going off right now. We literally just had that conversation right before John got on with us. It is overwhelming. I need a place to manage it because I'm going to forget where all this, who's
0: that you get DMS on Twitter about your product. I'm getting
2: DMS on Facebook and Instagram right now about the product. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So basically in order for you to succeed in life, you need to stand out right? People need to right. see Mae West, who is not only an actress, but actually an amazing entrepreneur, said out of sight is out of mind and out of mind is out of money, honey. So do uh-huh. you say top of mind, you got to get out there in the social river and stand in the middle of it and drop knowledge on a daily basis because you've forgotten more about your products and services than most of your prospects and customers will ever know in their lives. Uh-huh. And you drop that knowledge in order for people to see you as a trusted advisor so that they reach out and not only pick up the phone and call you when they need you, but they drag their friends with them. Yeah. But when that happens, when that connects happens, your job is to reel that relationship in and nurture it and and build your tribe. But the problem is, is it's just too hard to do because your contacts are in all these buckets. Where are your contacts today? Well, let's start with individual people, because I think that if you sell people, you got to sell to the individual person, not to the business, right? So everybody needs a personal CRM. Everybody's brand and network is their net worth. And so, Most people manage their contacts in Gmail, iCloud, and maybe Office 365, but most individuals don't really use Office 365 individually. So they're using G Suite and iCloud, and then you're using Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. But ultimately, if you're an individual and you're aggressive, you might have a website and MailChimp. And then if you're really aggressive, you're selling stuff individually, you got QuickBooks. And so you got basically, what is that? Six different places your contacts are. And so what you need is a tool that will automatically unify those contacts into a cohesive whole or record, enrich them people and company data, synchronize the activities that you're doing She so could can focus on the human things, connecting with people and following up and following through. It's the basics that wins games. And we fail in the basics because we're always busy typing all that shit in <laughs> that we just don't want to do.
2: Right. Oh, I know. Um, it is a lot of fun to actually be in the trenches and it's not even trenches. It's like in the real deal, like being out there, connecting with people and having conversations <sighs> in real time. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think we feed on that. Yeah, I think that I being,
0: we get energized on connecting and there's actually an energy exchange that occurs when you're truly present with another person and you're sharing stories and connecting and you get energized from that. And it's one of the things I dig about life is actually doing just that.
2: Here. Yeah, I love connecting with people too. It's, yeah, it's but
0: I call those the Barney meetings, right? It's like everybody had a good <laughs> time. Everybody talked. It's like, oh my God, we're going to get this sale. And then you don't, right? Why? Because <laughs> it's that basic stuff, right? It's like, how many times have you been in a meeting where, or a phone call or an email exchange where somebody said, I'm going to do this and they don't do it. Right. I think it's more than half the time
2: yeah because you need a way to manage all that stuff like what you did do. i say? takeaways and all that kind of stuff
0: you do. and yeah. if you go to your crm to do that log that note and schedule that follow-up guess what you're not going to do it and so that's why your CRM should live with you in your inbox in social in mobile everywhere you go you can start your day and in your day inside the actual UI or your crm but you know what we don't live in our crms we live wherever we can engage with people right yeah and that's job is to basically be that connecting and starting those conversations that result in things, which may not necessarily be a sale. I think that one of the best things you could do as a salesperson is actually recommend a competing product. It builds, great? It, it builds does. trust. It does. Because you know what? You're not going to fit everyone, but that's okay because right. it's a big world out there.
2: I love that. And I love talking about building trust. And it kind of leads me to my question, John. It's been said it's better to teach prospects rather than trying to sell them. So what do you think about this? I have a feeling I know what you think about this, but I want to hear it from you.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I have a lot of sayings. I feel like Elizabeth Warren. I have a plan for that. <laughs> um, I believe if you teach people to fish, they'll figure out your selfish impulse. And so what I try to do on a regular basis is not sell nimble or not sell myself. Stop talking about your products. Stop talking about Mm -hmm. yourself. Nobody cares. Nobody buys great products. They buy better versions of themselves. And so you should be selling other people better versions of themselves. There's this process that you can go through on your brand called brand storytelling or whatever. Mm -hmm. You guys ever heard about that? Mm -hmm. Great great idea, right? It's like put your customer, the as the hero of the story. Yes. And so I really think that the biggest problem with selling is selling. It's like sales is a four letter word. It, it is a, <laughs> actually a service, right? And if you set yourself up as a trusted advisor by giving your knowledge away, then they won't see you as slick Willy. Nobody wants to be sold. Nobody wants to be marketed to, but when they need you, they want you right. now, right? And so stop selling, start serving, give you knowledge on a daily basis, build identities in all the places your prospect customers and their influencers. Big word, influencers, right? You can't sell to the vast majority of people that you might want to sell to, but figure out who influences those people to buy, right? If I'm right. selling their small business, I might sell to their, their connect and build relationships with their accountant or a lawyer or a technology advisor or their marketing consultant. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's awesome. I don't know any of those. Yeah. Oh, neither none. So what do you think a CRM system brings to the table that you might not get without it? Like using I, one, you said 1%, like that's shocking to yeah,
0: me. Yeah. I, I was looking for a pad and a checklist, but Basically that's it. It's process and organization. It's structure, right? It's like, if you don't have structure around your day, you're hosed, you're screwed, right? It's yeah. like, okay, there's a book I read. I'm not going to pull it down, but it's called Think and Grow Rich. And most of the people I know who retired at four years old, that was their Bible. It's really a simple book. It says figure out where your passion is, build a plan to achieve it, make it your purpose on a daily basis, right? So passion, plan, and purpose. You should have a checklist every day. What am I doing today? And that checklist should be cumulative towards your bigger goal. Most people overestimate what they can do in a year. They underestimate what they can do in 10 years. It's a 10-year game. And so I think what a serum does is build process around your most valuable asset you have. And I'm going to tell you that from a personal level, everybody should have a personal CRM. If you don't have a personal CRM, you're in trouble because you're not going to work wherever you work the rest of your life. And you want to be building that network individually on a regular basis. As a company, if you don't have a company CRM, you're in trouble. And let's talk about a company CRM for a second. If a company puts a CRM in their business, they think it's for prospects and customers and that sales and marketing people engage with that. But guess what? It's not just sales and marketing people that engage. And it's not just prospects and customers that you touch as a business. At Nimble, we connect with editors, analysts, bloggers, influencers, third-party developers, industry advisors, and prospects and customers. Okay. Who does that? Everybody. So at Nimble, we use Nimble as a team relationship manager, and it connects to all the tools that we use. So we have sales, marketing, customer service, accounting, and we have email contact calendar, productivity suite that we use. Nimble connects to all of that and basically builds a team relationship record. Now, my support people live in Intercom, but Nimble works within it. My accounting person lives in QuickBooks, but Nimble works within it. And so I think that what a CRM brings to a business is structure and process around its most valuable asset, its constituency. And I, and I say that word deliberately because it's not prospects and customers. It's much bigger than that.
1: Cool. Yeah, that's really cool. Love it. We like to take a brain break in the middle of the yes. show. And so usually it has to do with the holiday or something that's going on in the world. We don't want to get political. So our brain break today is if you could go anywhere in the world for one month where you'd be working, you wouldn't be on vacation because that's a different thing. Where would you go and why? I'm going to let Jen go next. Um, Give John a minute to think about it. (laughs) Megan! I can't
2: pick one place. This is you so have silly. to. It's the law. <laughs> the law of Megan. Okay, <laughs> fine. If I wanted to escape for a month and really get re-inspired and get some work done and not be so much of a vacation, I honestly think, oh gosh, this is so hard. <laughs> I think it's going to have to be Ireland. Ireland! Ah! It's gonna to have to be I Ireland. Stole for me. You stole mine.
1: <laughs> hey,
2: great minds think alike, though, right? Jen, I thought you were gonna
1: say San Diego.
2: I love San Diego, but then I don't want to see all the people all the time. And then what would I get done?
1: Can <laughs> you be Ireland?
2: No, I really want to go, and okay. I don't know anyone there.
0: So I'm I'm half Sicilian. And I'm half Irish.
2: Oh, that's so cool.
0: And my Irish ancestors came here in the 1800s. And typically what would happen in during those potato famine things is there might be eight brothers and sisters and seven of them would go to America, not all at once, usually one or two went first and the others would follow right. and one would stay on the farm to take care of the farm and take care of the parents. And so I traced my ancestry back to the farms where my great-grandparents were born uh, and baptized and my ancestors were buried and they still live on those farms. Oh
1: my and I'm going
0: to tell you that I've been to a lot of places in the world. And Ireland is not only one of the most beautiful islands, yeah. but the people are just different. They're just beautiful, well-educated, well-spoken. I love the bro. think What is it called? The Irish bro- brogue? Brogue. Yeah. God. And the music, oh God! Oh, music. I know. But you know, the <laughs> thing that surprised me the most was food, and I am a foodie, right? Same. So Ireland was a breadbasket of England forever because basically England would grow all their stuff there and take it and feed you know people in England because they owned Ireland for a thousand years since yeah. uh, hundred. But now they have their own food, but they make the menus are all farm to table, like you know, California cuisine, kind of like just really great, healthy tasty mm. and then the beers oh
1: my <laughs> <God>. <laughs> um, there we are <laughs> <laughs> jim's a beer, <laughs> <laughs> beer, beer beery
0: yeah. is my baby <laughs> the red uh, i think it's a uh, ale red ale
2: Mm. Oh, Ireland, God.
0: yeah. And politically minded, I just think they're just the right place for me globally. So I'm actually working on my Irish passport.
1: Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Wow. That's, that's a- awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. you won't have a need to escape in two weeks. <laughs> uh, no, well, they're not going to get political.
0: <laughs> I, I, I'm not saying how to, I'm just saying do it, baby. Yeah, do, yeah. It. <laughs> do it. Just do it. Here, yes, who you vote for? Just do this.
1: Yeah, do this. Just that's vote. right. Yeah, it's an audio podcast, so I'll tell the folks that he held up his "I voted" sign. And <laughs> okay, so they're both going to Ireland. I'll meet you there um, after you're done working for your month, and we'll and, we'll. And, if, um,
0: and when you do. Go. I'm saying win as a plan. Oh, I will. Call me. Connect with me. I'll give you okay. an itinerary because I I plotted it all out and I know the yes. places to go. Don't oh, miss for so Southern Ireland. It's like the Caribbean in the summertime. It's just electric, beautiful. But then also make yourself to the Wild West in the Dingle and all that stuff. And then get up to Galway. And Yes. yes. Yeah. You can't really be in Ireland without hearing Galway girl play in the
1: public. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I haven't been there for 22 years. So the food wasn't quite how you described when I was there. So I need to get back. But
0: definitely, uh definitely is good. And even the pub food, like I'm not talking about, you know, going to fancy places. It's like mm-hmm. the average places are just good.
1: Yeah, for sure. Well, and pub food is healthier over here, over <laughs> the food supply chain is so much better over here in general. So all right, second half, Miss Jen. Let's go.
2: All right, here we go. All right, so you've been in the CRM space since before social networks existed. How have they helped salespeople sell?
0: Well, I think that before social networks happened, CRM and contact management was. Much more of just a, a database that you type the stuff in. Uh-huh. And, and structurally, it was great because it gave you a, a place to organize that. And it did synchronize the calendar and history to the contact. But it didn't enrich the record with people and company data. And in order to connect, your only way to connect was really face-to-face phone or fax. And and maybe email, but there wasn't necessarily a place for you to build your brand, drop knowledge and engage electronically in the middle of where your constituency was having conversations. So social media has radically transformed the way that we work, play, buy and sell. And so CRM needs to evolve as well. Yeah. One of the reasons why I got back into CRM is because I started to use social media in 2006, seven, eight, saw I was going to change the way we work, play, buy and sell. I started looking for a relationship manager that connected to my social. I found Hootsuite, which a lot of involved columns of conversations, yeah. but those conversations weren't tied back to the contacts. And then I looked at contact management, saw it was broken because G Suite had a separate column for email, contact, and calendar. So if I go to a contact record, I don't see the history of calendar and email interactions from my team and I, and every team member has a separate contact database. So there was no team relationship manager and none of it was tied to social. And so back in those days, all the APIs were open and actually I went up to LinkedIn and they gave me all the public and private APIs. So I was able to build integrations into the back end of LinkedIn and synchronized contact information, group signals, messages, everything. And it was a wild west, and it was great until <laughs> they the guy off because they wanted to buy Nimble and have me go build Sales Navigate. They were too dumb to offer me enough money. Um <laughs> And so what happened was social was great until the party stopped and everybody cut their APIs off, mostly for monetary reasons. They say privacy, but it's really about money. And so I had to sort of reinvent Nimble. And that's where I really dove deep into putting Nimble in the inbox because we'll always have email, unfortunately, and then put it right in back into the social places. So Nimble used to bring all the social in. Now we just mainly bring Twitter and Instagram and we enrich it with LinkedIn, you know, profile identities, but we can't synchronize everything because basically they want to sell you a sales navigator. And Uh. so I think one of the things that's really transformed the way Nimble works is really focusing on working where you work and bringing that contact with you where you're engaging. So if I'm in a Twitter conversation and somebody says something about me, Nimble will actually tell me that I should go connect with that person because of their identity matches the profile of people I typically connect with. And when I do that, it'll build a record right there next to their conversation in Twitter. And I could see who they are and what they're about. And I could then engage more effectively. But then the most important thing is it will actually allow me to take that conversation out of Twitter into another place. And that's what you really need to do. You need to take these conversations from wherever they're happening organically, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and then bring them into something more solid, might be a LinkedIn connection, but typically it's going to be a calendar connection and an email and then a phone call or face-to-face. And then after that sort of transactional thing happens, whether or not you sell to them or you rec- or you help them, right? Because an engagement may not be about selling somebody, it may be about helping them, right? Paying it forward, blowing wind in their sales. But ultimately to stay top of mind with that person, you gotta bring it back into the places that are what I call the five F of life places, those sort of softer sides which means you can't just rely on a linkedin connection with somebody you got to connect with them in a uh, in facebook or instagram or twitter because it's those softer places that we connect on the fact that we both might like mountain biking or yoga or history or astronomy or photography or kids or barbecuing or cooking that really bonds up and gets right. us past the bumps of business
1: and into spaces that you control and own versus the real estate that you're renting you know the land on the social
0: yeah point. yeah yeah well a lot of those things are locked up places where you really can't get the data out right so you got to be building your own database right i wanted to share a story about the difference between mark automation and what salespeople do, because I think a lot of people get confused with mark automation and salesforce automation. And I'd like to clarify my viewpoint on that. Okay, And I'm going to use, unfortunately, a battlefield analogy, but it works. So if you think about mark automation, it's uh, like a bomber over a battlefield, dropping bombs, sort of mass level in order to soften up the battlefield. But to win the war, you got to put boots on the ground. So if you think about the boots, those are the salespeople. And so market automation might be collecting leads on a website, put them into a platform, market automation platform, to lead nurture it, to nurture it till it's lead qualified. And that can mean a lot of things to a lot of people. But typically, you want to collect enough information to get an identity and to determine intent. And then you have your salespeople engage with them. So typically, a market automation system is going to give a lead qualified lead to an SDR salesperson that has a name and an email, maybe a company name. Yeah, it might have a little bit more than that, but typically that's about it. So if a salesperson is going to engage, they need a, back to this, the battlefield analogy, they need a rifle and a map. A map is the sales intelligence that you need to understand who that person is and what their business is about. And the rifle is the templated email outreach software that enables you to outreach at scale and track open to clicks. So when you buy a CRM, it's not just a CRM. You do need a market automation system typically in order to capture those leads and lead nurture them till the lead qualified. But then when you give the lead to your sales rep, you put in the CRM and you basically say, go get them. In order for the sales rep, to have to Google them in order to get that information about who they are, what the business is about, and then do all the work of sending emails and tracking all that manually and typing all the emails. You need sales intelligence software and you need outreach software. So sales intelligence software could be LinkedIn Sales Navigator, could be uh, ZoomInfo, could be DiscoverOrg or Tree, And the outreach software could be Outreach.io or SalesLoft. Each of those systems... Sales intelligence and the outreach software, a templated email tracking software, is one hundred to two hundred dollars per month. Besides the fact of the cost of the CRM, which could cost you anywhere from fifty to one hundred dollars per month, and that's one of the reasons why another reason why CRMs fail is people don't understand the cost and complexity of the sales and marketing toolbox that you need in order to be successful in today's competitive world. And that's why we basically built sales intelligence and outreach, email tracking, templated email tracking in Nimble so that it doesn't just do CRM and contact management, it does sales intelligence and, and outreach stuff, the SFA stuff. But I think that defining it helps people to understand sort of the tool set that they might need to consider in the whole process of empowering their their salespeople.
1: I love it. Yeah. And I mean, our show is intended for everyone for, for the beginner to the super pro. So, and everything you just said, I think is super helpful for on yeah. all levels. So I thank you so. for that.
0: No problem. Because a lot of people talk about CRM, but that's just the database right. for the content. And you got to hook all these other things into it. And have you ever seen that Martech one pager that somebody produces which shows all the different icons and categories of, of uh, marketing uh, software, which includes like CRM and sales intelligence and stuff? It's called Martech. Ever seen it?
2: I don't think so. I don't think um, I've seen that either.
0: Yeah, it's really fascinating. Martech. I will send you a link to it. Okay. Um,
1: cool. awesome.
0: I think it's called Marketing Technology Landscape. If you basically Google marketing technology landscape you'll get the pdf and it's amazing how many tools that there literally are out there
2: that's no joke there there right. are a lot of tools out there for sure it can be a little overwhelming sometimes
0: yeah there's actually a <laughs> chat window in here I, I just found it and i will send it to you
2: oh that's so awesome uh,
0: yeah. And you should go back and look at the history of it because it shows it from 2004. Oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, it's it's amazing how much it's grown.
2: Uh, oh, I have no doubts. I'm sure it's just insane.
0: Yeah. yeah I'll, I'll but, make you know, sure to put
2: that in the show notes. Yeah.
0: Most people don't need that much. You really got to keep it simple because most salespeople aren't able to operate all these different things. And that's it's like you want to keep it really simple And I think that's one of the reasons why people love Nimble because it really is simple. And you may outgrow Nimble where you might need a Salesforce or a HubSpot or Dynamics. But if you do, Nimble can still work in conjunction with that because those tools aren't really great contact managers or relationship managers, and they're not team relationship managers. So you could use Nimble in conjunction with those CRMs if you have them today. Or if you don't have them today and you need our core capabilities, you can still keep using Nimble. In conjunction with those, because at 25 bucks a month for Nimble that includes sales intelligence and templated email tracking, it's less than the $100 per month for your templated email tracking and your $100 per month for the sales intelligence, besides the $100 per month for the CRM that you have. Wow. Right. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
2: So we've been talking a lot about sales and, and marketing throughout this entire episode. It seems like there is quite a blurred line between sales and marketing. Is that the case in your opinion? And if you think there's a difference, what do you think it is?
0: Well, I think that marketing is, is really foundational to a business. It includes the whole branding and storytelling um, processes. Yeah. And it's fundamental really before you ever get into selling. So, you know, you got to build... You gotta you gotta figure out your product market segment and then you gotta basically build your personas and, and build yeah. the website and the messaging, and then you gotta build the identities across all yeah. the different places to drive the eyeballs and you gotta deliver content and you gotta build that web traffic up slowly over time and then you gotta capture those leads and lead nurture them till they're lead qualified. And at that point, you might have like quote salespeople doing their thing. But funny thing is, we have no salespeople at Nimble. So do you really need salespeople in our modern world? Well, you could say that everybody at Nimble are are in sales and marketing. I actually say everybody's probably in sales. Daniel Um, Pink says that. (laughs) But but the thing is, is that marketing is really the branding and the storytelling to drive the eyeballs. and. Right. Sales is the engagement typically that drives that eyeball into a measurable business outcome. And they are completely separate. But I do want to say this: if you're a salesperson and you're depending on marketing for achieving your quota, you're dumb. You're not gonna make you need to own your brand and your pipeline, and you should be working on that personal brand and even eyeballs yourself and doing your own marketing with uh, the leads that you get. You need to become your own marketer. So if that. a good salesperson today has to be a really good marketer too. And it, and and I'll, I'll throw you back to the old goldmine days. My VP of marketing had a, an email list of the people influential in our industry. And every time we got a, a PR win or a product launch news or whatever, he, he'd just throw an email out there, right? And so it's like, this is what good salespeople do is they're the good marketers. I I don't know if it's the converse is true that all good marketers are good salespeople, but I do know this tension between the two departments, right? Yeah, it's like exactly. marketing, you know, they make these leads and they throw them over the wall and they think that salespeople don't do <laughs> with them. And that's, <laughs> People say, "Well, you give me sh- leads, so how can I do?" <laughs> and I think that tension is still there today. Yeah, but I, but I do it's think that there should be a level of, of enlightenment that occurs where they should understand each other's roles and how those lines are blurring, and and why salespeople need to learn about their brand and their network, and and learn how to do marketing. And that's really kind of what social selling has taught that basically salespeople have to become Marketers, if only for their own benefit, yeah. for their own brand and
1: themselves. No, for sure. Yeah, I think marketing is more about strategy. Marketing is also seen as a cost center. So oh, okay. that's a thing, that perspective that it's, it's hard for me to understand. But yeah.
0: You know, Megan, I think it's only a matter of time before marketing people are taken out and back and shot. It's like, like <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, it, it's just the way it is, right? It's like, it's like when things aren't working right, it's marketing always gets the blame, right? But it's not true. It's not right, right? Okay. It's like if there isn't a product market fit, product management, product marketing, then how can the marketer, you know, they, they might drive eyeballs, but then they never close? And I believe that, that you'll need to align the promises you make to the experience that you deliver in order to build that gold goldmine. And I think that that's a disconnect that marketing takes the blame for, but I think that a lot of times it's that product thing. And so I do believe that product marketing, marketing in general, and sales really have to be aligned, plus the customer success people, because you need to be taking back the feedback that you get from the customers and building that back into the product, but also the storytelling, right? And right. so if you don't have your personas right, you're not talking to the right people, if you're not delivering that message, it's all really integrated. And I think that sometimes it requires a shift. So there's a company called Cornerstone On Demand. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but if you Google it, it's like a $4 or eight billion company. It's resource, man, human resource management software for the enterprise. They started out as a Linda type thing. It was like a website that sold training videos. And it was like a SaaS thing. And you come put your training stuff up and we'll charge you for it. And you can sell your stuff. And they were going nuts They were the venture capital funding and they just weren't happening. But they saw a certain segment of their customer base enterprise companies that were using it for hosting heretofore prem-based human resource learning stuff to grow the the team members, the employees, you know, knowledge. And they were using this cloud-based system to do it. So they shifted with that customer base and started building stuff that the customers asked for. And all of a sudden their numbers just started exploding. And so I think it's so important to be able to listen to the customer and that listening happens across the entire wall of your business, right? And so everybody has to be listeners and bring that back into the product team and build, iterate with the customer.
1: For sure. Yeah, no question. Well, I think that that was like a really good nugget to <laughs> close with. We are, we're about at time. We, John, could have talked to you forever. Oh my gosh. Um, but we got to, you know, be mindful of our listeners ears and and not go on for too long but i will ask you if you can answer this briefly (laughs) what's like a hot app gadget tool something that you're that you're um, excited about these days what is a
0: hot app gadget anything
1: tech anything that's not crm
0: it is halloween yeah Yes. So I'm going to leave you with an app that you grab have some fun with. Because I think that sometimes you just need to have a little fun. That's yes. right. And it's called Evil Doll Twin. Hang on. <laughs> i find it. I, I find <laughs> the darndest things on products.com. Oh, yeah. And it's called MyEvilDoll.com.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: And I did one for myself, and I'm going to share it with you. And then I did one for a political figure that <laughs> is I find interesting as as well. And I think that I can share these up on Zoom. Can I share pictures on Zoom with you guys?
1: Yeah. Well, except we're not use we don't use the video for the for the pod. Okay, but no, but no, if I'm, you share it, yeah, I'll put it in the. I want to see. I'll it. put it in the show notes. <laughs>
0: Own own education. So in the chat window, I could do a file. But yeah, I I, I think that uh, as far as like a tool that I that I use, I'm a big user of Ancestry.com. I really enjoy doing research on the people that came before me to learn a little bit about them and their story, so that I can then share that with my children and my cousins, and also just to learn what people went through for me to be where I'm at today. So if you haven't done a little bit of research yet into your own past, here's my recommendation, especially since we're in this COVID time, get a camera, put it on your parents or whatever elders you have around you and your family, Take another camera video and put it on uh, their photo albums and have them tell you stories about the people in the pictures, especially the people that you have no idea who they are. Right. And then have them tell you their birth dates and places and their parents birth dates and places as far back as they can remember and go plug that into Ancestry. And just start having some fun with that because cool. we wouldn't be here without sacrifices of so many. And I think it's our job to preserve their stories and tell their stories. And ultimately, I think what makes America great and America is great is the tapestry of the wo- rug of the diversity of its people. Yeah, Steve Jobs was Syrian, right? My father was from Sicily.
2: Mm-hmm. We wouldn't have iPhone. Uh-huh. <laughs> no? it's like, what are we doing on that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know.
0: I do think that we need to understand the past because if you understand the past, you better understand the present, and you can predict the future. And so, my recommendation is to learn about the past.
1: All right, I love it. I do too. Well, thank you, John, so much. We appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to to be with us. And I know our listeners will get a lot out of it. So yeah. thanks.
0: Well, Megan and Jen, it was uh, it was fun. Thanks for making it so easy.
1: Of course. <laughs> uh, that's And that's actually the, the thing we hear the most. That was fun. Usually they say it after we hit it's stop. stop. <laughs> usually, but so I appreciate hearing it <laughs> before we hit stop. <laughs> that was yeah. so funny. All right. So thanks, y'all. Thanks, Jen, to my trusty co-host and good luck with the launch of X-Stand this week. Thank you. I know you're crushing it already. So just because she's, as you can tell, John, she's just her. And so people, you know, you got a good product and you get someone like her behind it and people just, you know, want it, want to buy. So
0: (laughs) I I think it's great. And I love that it's bamboo because that's sustainable.
1: Exactly. And made in the USA, made in in Wichita, Kansas.
0: I do want to leave your listeners with, Normally, Nimble is $25 a month per user per month. I'm going to give them 40% off their first three months. Just use the code JOHN40, four zero. And if you go and sign up for a two-week trial, which requires no credit card, just go sign up and have fun. At the end of that period, if you dig it, I'm going to make it more affordable for you. And if you're out there struggling right now today where you don't have income, let me know. I want to help you anyway. My email is jon at nimble.com. Let me know. We're here to
1: help. I love that so important i had agorapulse and Streamyard both helped me out in the beginning of covid when i because my whole business turned over i had restaurants as clients i work in the meetings at events industry so yeah so there, there it's been some tough times to uh, two industries hit hit the most so that's really special thank you for that that's awesome
2: you bet
0: you bet
1: all right y'all this has been episode 68 of the making a marketer podcast and we will catch you next time